How many of you feel that sometimes you're just not enough? But yet we come to church because we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to experience the Holy Spirit. And I know in that, that part of that song, you know, I, w- I was standing down here and, and I'm just moved in my spirit because, you know, when, when you look at our lives, we have to stop and reflect and, and often ask ourselves an important question. God, how am I enough for you? And, you know, I, I heard beautiful voices throughout the congregation this morning just saying, you know, will you meet me here again? How many of you have ever been absent from really that deep relationship with Jesus Christ? There's been this gap in your life. But, you know, as I was down here, I said, oh, God, help me. Just meet me here again. Help me, God, to to feel your presence. Fill us, not just me as the pastor of the church, but as a congregation. Listen, we have, we're in a time, I truly believe that, uh, God really wants to move the bride of Christ. He wants to move his church. And yet we're sitting back and for many churches, they've closed the door. They're running with anxiety, with fear. You heard the song last week that, that we'll be singing here today at, at altar call again, because it just moves me beyond words, but it's called to be like Jesus, I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus from the mountains, from the states, from the cities. I want to speak Jesus over every family, over every person, because we need it. And that's why we're here to build deeper relationships in Christ. We can come to church, and yet, maybe for some of us, you know, this is our religious responsibility. We feel a sense of because grandma or grandpa or because of our past this is what we do. Our Sundays are set aside. And I, I admire that in you. I, I truly do. But what I want you to do is I want you to change your focus. I want to just tweak it just a little bit. And I want you to start coming to church because you want to meet Jesus here again. Isn't that an amazing thought? How Jesus is always here. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you and he's walking with you and he's talking with you. That's the relationship that we have with Jesus. Let me move these before I trip over them, right? This morning, I don't know where God's going with this message, but I know that he's moving. And I will tell you because I went into my family room last evening and I typed up a whole new message. And it didn't have to do with the point. So wherever we're going, you can just try to follow me. All right? And that's all I'm going to tell you. But I know that God has something for this church. What have we been going through? We've been going through imitating Jesus Christ, building better relationships, and learning to see others like Jesus. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Because it's hard to see people like Jesus. It's hard to understand the types of people that he encountered that many of us feel like, okay, They don't look like Jesus. They don't act like Jesus. But I have a tendency to want to judge them, yet I should be probably a little bit more forgiving and understanding and kind and compassionate. I should really exhibit the love of Christ in my life. For many of you, you came in here today. Maybe you judge somebody by their status. Maybe you judge them by their hair color or maybe the clothes that they were wearing or wondering why. I figured today would be the greatest day to introduce you to a cool plaid suit. That's why I did it. 
because you all were judging me. I already know. But I said, I'm going to get out of the box when I bought this three months ago. I said, thank you, Lord. It goes right along with the message. I figured I'd just pull it out of the closet, and that's what I do, because you all know. One day I might be dressed up. The other day I might be casual. It all feels, it's all just like when the Spirit moves, as, as just like you. I'm the same way, right? So we look at people, we have a tendency to judge them. Well, what I'm trying to do through this series of building better relationships is to follow what Paul was saying to the church at Ephesus. And yet, I believe that it was a model for what we're supposed to be like in our Christ-like life. And here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. And today I'm going to be jumping around. I asked the guys to kind of do this. I said, as, as, as bizarre as this is, this comes from the message. And yet I'm holding my King James Version because I'm going to be reading a text out of there as well. But I liked what this says here. And here's what it says. Watch what God does. And then you do it. Watch what God does. And then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. Man, Jesus is so amazing. He's so cool. And if he would be here, it says he was extravagant. I know he'd have a plaid suit on. I know it. So I said, all right, Jesus, I'm going to be just like you. So this morning, as we open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 19, we're going to be looking at this life of Zacchaeus and how does it play out in our life? What can we learn from Zacchaeus? But more importantly, what can we learn from the heart of Christ? What was Jesus doing? What was that setting like? What happened? And how does that play out in our Christian life? How can we make it applicable to live our life more like Jesus? Now, I know this is in the NIV. Is there a way we could pull this up in the King James? Because I just want to kind of expound on some of the King James. I know last week we had it in the NIV, but today I want to kind of read it out of the King James because I like some of the wording. And so I said... This is what I want to kind of expound on today. And as we look at Luke chapter 19, what I want you to see is that before we start this, Jesus is in Jericho and he is in the midst of healing a blind man. So now just think about this. Let's do this again. How many people are in recovery from addictions, a habit or hurt, whatever, hang on, whatever. How many in this room? Okay. All right. Praise God. Okay. Now, now let me show you something. You know why? Because Jesus has healed you. Amen. That's what it's about. Jesus has healed you. So we watch Jesus. Now he's walking down the road and he sees this blind man. And what does he do? He says, you now can't see because of your faith. You are now whole, right? So Jesus is now, uh, exhibiting the miracles of his father and people are witnessing this and what i thought was really cool 
was that it says here in verse 43 of Luke 18, and you don't have to be there right now, but I'll read it. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all of the people. Now, if you have your Bible, you can look in the scriptures where it says, and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. So all the people gave praise because they saw what was going on. Now, I believe that we're witnessing right here out of the gate. I told you this was not in my notes. I don't know where I'm going with this, but Jesus does. So here's how it works. But I believe that right there in the latter part of chapter 18, that Jesus starts to show people the love of the Father, the manifestation of the Spirit of God, and now healings are starting to take place. And it's said that people followed him. Right? How many is people? Surely not one. It's many, right? It's more than one. It's two, three, four, five. I look at people as a crowd of people, a bunch of people, right? Because, listen, Jesus was doing something that other people did not see or didn't experience. Jesus was healing. Jesus was performing miracles. And yet... People were astonished. I believe, and I'll be getting into this, I believe that some were probably wondering, what in the world is this guy doing? We always have those that are curious, right? I had somebody tell me, do you guys really park all over the grass up there? I saw, we drove by on a Sunday. I said, instead of driving by, drive in. (laughs) Do I look like Taco Bell or McDonald's? We're like Chick-fil-A, but we're not that, right? So pop in. But what, what we need the world to see is that Jesus Christ is alive. The Holy Spirit is rich. Again, we can come to church. You can yawn through the message. I can stand up here and I can orate a wonderful, beautifully written sermon. Or we can get excited about recovery. We can get excited about people. And as we, as a group of people, go together, come together, we let all of Talmadge, Summit County, Stark County, Portage County, Cuyahoga County know that Jesus Christ is alive at New Hope Talmadge. See, I don't want to have church. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want God to do a movement that that I could not even think or fathom in my mind. And the great Billy Graham. Is that how he talked? The great Billy Graham saw crowds and crowds and multitudes of people. You know, so he saw people come. To the saving grace of Jesus. But here's the great promise to this. See, we can't, yes, we can be still and it's quiet. But I like where he says, we're two or more gathered in my name. There I'm in the midst. With one person, it's kind of difficult. But when you have two people in a room, woo, man, things are happening. Right? You can shout and praise and you guys feed off of each other. And you kind of have this, this whole narrative that's going. It's so cool. But he says, I'll never leave you. I'll not forsake you. I love you. So let's look here. And it says here in in, uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 1. And I love this story of Zacchaeus. And we're going to kind of break it down today. And hopefully we'll leave this place somewhat different than we walked into it. Amen. Is that why you're here today? Let's gain knowledge from the word of God. So it says in Luke chapter 19, verse 1. And it says, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, he was passing through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. 
which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was and could not, for the press. Now, here's what's going on right now. Jesus sees the little dude. And he really, you know, Zacchaeus wanted to see what was going on, but the word press does not mean news press. It doesn't mean that there was, you know, a a bunch of uh, newscasters or editors, whatever, writing a story. It says that he could not see because of the crowd of people. Now, let me ask you, if you could, wouldn't you just love to see God just bust walls out of a church? Let everybody know. Let everybody know who Jesus is. That's why I've kind of had not just a little bit of excitement about these messages. I've had a lot of excitement because I have lived a life of Jesus. You know, I pray Jesus over each individual. I pray Jesus over our city over our country, over our president. I pray Jesus over my family, over my wife, over my grandchildren. I pray Jesus over him because he's the only one that provides life. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so here he was. It was because of the press. There was a crowd of people. And it says there now in Luke chapter 19, verse 4, and it says, and he ran... Before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. When Jesus came down to the place, and he looked up and saw him and said unto Zacchaeus, Make haste, hurry up, but he said, Make haste, and come down, for today I must abide at your house. Today I might stay at your home. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. When they saw it, They all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Are you kidding me? That Jesus went and hung out with a sinner? No way. Do you know the other day down at the local restaurant, did you see some of those church people hanging out with those other people? I wouldn't hang out with those people. Well, why wouldn't you hang out with them? See, that was much like the onlookers the publicans, the people that were watching what Jesus was doing because we always and most times can be somewhat negative, right? Do you see what Pastor was doing? Yeah, do you see where he was at? Wow. Because we have a tendency to be critical of other people. So building better relationships is letting that go and letting Jesus become and manifest himself in the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, we're leading to this. I'm getting ahead of my my message but today's your day of salvation so it says here so he told him to come down they were hanging out and now we're in verse 8 and it says and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord behold Lord the half of my goods I give to the poor and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation I restore him fourfold and Jesus said unto him this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he is also a son of Abraham For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was. For the Son of Man has come to. He's come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts this morning. Help me to explain, Father, what you once said. Lord, I love you. I love the word. Father, I pray that. You'll make the pages of the living book 
come to life for each and every one of us. So God, speak to our hearts today. Help us to turn from our wicked ways and to seek your face. In your holy name we pray. Amen. It says there that there were those that were lost. Those that did not know who he was. And yet people were still watching. Listen, isn't it so sad? You guys remember Karen Carpenter? Remember, you know, I had a beautiful voice. And we grew up with Karen Carpenter. We loved the Carpenters. My daughters heard the Carpenters. That was, you know, heavy, heavy metal rock music in our house. Because nothing else was allowed. And uh, so we had the Carpenters and Michael W. Smith. All right? And uh, so anyhow, uh, we looked at the Carpenters. What a beautiful person. What a beautiful individual. But, but let me explain something to you. The tabloids and those that saw her and criticized her ruined her life. She allowed the anxieties, the fear, the image to warp her way of thinking. So Satan came in and she ended up passing of anorexia. Many of us in this room have to understand that we're much like that. We have our flaws. Many of us here today have been struggling. But I want you to know that even though you might feel a sense of loss, maybe you've been lost from or estranged from some family, some from friends, but more importantly, maybe for some in the room, you're lost from Jesus. You don't have a relationship, a deep, deep relationship with Jesus. And he finished here in verse 10. And here's what he said. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, Zacchaeus was a worker for Rome. He was the chief tax collector. If Jesus considered public opinion, he would have never even glanced the way of Zacchaeus. But Jesus never considered public opinion. Jesus never considered public opinion. Why? Why is that? Because we know what the scriptures have to say. Because as we know Jesus, he made himself of no reputation. Great thought, huh? Zacchaeus rich, but lonely. He wanted to meet Jesus and some people had called Jesus many names. Now watch. Some have even called Jesus the devil. Some say he was a fanatic. Some say he was a blasphemer. Some say he was a heretic. Some say that he was an imposter. Some say he was a prophet. Yet some of them said that he was the son of God. So naturally, Zacchaeus had a tremendous curiosity to do what? To see Jesus. To see Jesus. However, there were many obstacles in the way to see Jesus. I really believe with Zacchaeus, and it says there, because he was short of stature. There was obstacles like the crowd. It was his height, his stature. He was small. To get through the crowd was an impossibility. So what did he do? He climbed up in that sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Hi, Joanne. She's in Florida. Isn't that where she's at, Chris? Okay, just checking. I want to make sure she could see us. 
So think about it. But here's what's cool. So there's all these people, more than two, right? And Jesus, in his sovereignty and in his love, notices this little dude. I have to call him little dude because I think it's kind of befitting for the story. And even though there were obstacles in the way, Jesus called him by name. He knew him by name. I know many of you would like to have Jesus in your life, and for many, you want Jesus in your heart. But the truth is that you face many obstacles. And for many of you, maybe some of it's anger, maybe it's resentment, maybe it's past pain, maybe it's death. Maybe some things in your life just didn't turn out like you had anticipated or expected. Yet, God in His sovereignty sent His Son Jesus to die for you. For He said, for God so loved the world. See, you matter. You're important to Him. And Zacchaeus, in the midst of that crowd with all those people, he saw, Jesus saw Zacchaeus. This morning I'm going to go over just a few of the obstacles that many of us face. And you don't have this in your notes because God gave this to me. Sorry. <laughs> I get to send it to him, but we might have to do part number three next week. Here's the obstacles I think that many of us face. What are they? Number one, I believe that it's pride. The sin of pride. The Bible says we need to come as little children unto him. But see, we're too proud. What are you talking about? You have an altar call at your church. I'm not moving out of my seat. Do you think I'd ever humble myself? I am not getting down in front of anybody to pray. I am not bowing a knee. I'm not doing any of that stuff. That is crazy. That's intimidating. Yet, I'm too pompous for it to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Many, so the sin of pride. Pride keeps us from having a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Be careful that the sin of pride doesn't hold you back from becoming the greatest version of what God created you to be. Be careful. So in Zacchaeus, it says that he was the chief among all sinners. He could have been up in that tree and wait for this. He was looking for his Lord to see, and yet I truly believe as well that even though Jesus knew his heart and he knew who was up there, question is, he had all these obstacles. And I know that in this text and in the scriptures here in Luke, that he was watching and anticipating, but you don't hear in the story, hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you don't hear that in this story. But what I find interesting is that Jesus calls him by name. So we look at the pride of life. It says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the, to the humble. Number two, idolatry. It's keeping more people from God. Why? Think about it. We worship ourselves. Man, us, 
the things we have created with our hands, materialism. Modern gods of today, those that commit it will have their place in the lake of fire when you bow your knee to idols. Just quoting scripture. Have you let go? And have you let God take control of your life? Have you surrendered your will to him? I know there are many in this room that have giftings that if they were just to explode within you, all of the kingdom of heaven would rejoice at what he could do in your life. But I truly believe that many of us are held back because of idolatry, because of pride. You know, for many of us, we're on Facebook. Okay, I do have to say something here. You know, coming up, here it comes. Was I going the wrong way? I don't know how. Oh, I don't know. See? Tells you I haven't been on Facebook. Anyhow, so my wife's recovering. She's going through what she's going through, right? And uh, I'm over there like, babe, I just love you. You're beautiful. I just, man, I miss touching you and holding you and caressing you. That's not really what I said and stuff. You know, I'm just wanting to throw an advertisement out there because I was dreaming it in my head. And she's over there doing happy color. I don't know what happy color is. What is happy color? Is that the name of it? What's it called? Happy color app. All right. I want you all to, to confess your sins right here before everybody in this church. How many of you are addicted to happy color? You color by numbers. I knew it. I knew it. My wife discovered this. I don't know how it was introduced to her, but what it is, it's, it's an app. And what ends up happening is you color by app. So it's kept her mind preoccupied over the last month of her recovering from surgery. And, uh, but I think sometimes we don't realize just how engrossed we can become in something. Then we need to step away from it and run in victory and let Christ be the light and life of our life. Be careful what controls you. And that's what the scriptures are saying. Be careful of idolatry. Be careful of those things that that just grab a hold of you. Number three, the third thing that keeps us from Christ is worldliness. What does a man profit if he shall gain the whole world, yet lose his own soul? You're selling your soul for a little bit of this world. Remember that friendship with the world is enmity with God. What does that mean, preacher? It means that whosoever is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. That's the Old Testament. We go into the New Testament and it says, what does the word world mean? It actually means cosmos. It means a world system that is dominated by evil. A world system that is dominated by evil. That evil of the world system by which we live in. I'm not going to talk about politics right now. I'll leave it right there. But you know what we've been going through. Be careful that we don't become friends with the world. The Bible says to come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing. To be separate. To be separated from those things. In the New Testament, we are to step away from the evil of this world. 
be very careful. Sexual pleasures, sexual sin, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh can get a hold of us. Yet Jesus is looking at Zacchaeus and saying, I value you for who you are. I love your heart. So what are you living in today? You can be in the world, but not of the world. Watch going into the evils of this world. You must give it up. Lust, hate, greed, prejudice. It's hard to live in this modern world and live as a Christian. Yet it's more difficult now that it has ever been. Take a stand. Being a Christian must take a stand. We must be separated. For many of you that are in this room, maybe you have been baptized and confirmed, but not truly knowing who Jesus Christ is. Did you hear what I said? My heart goes out to you. I want you to know Jesus in a personal way. Jesus came to seek and to save those that are lost. We need to know who He is. The fourth thing is secret sins. The Bible says here to cleanse me from all my sins. Nobody knows. Your family, your friends, your neighbors, your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife. Some people don't even know the secret sins of your life. But Jesus Christ does. It's like the Incredible Hulk. David Banner. He was always trying to get rid of the monster inside of him. Now, because of sake of time, I, I won't show you the David Banner. How many of you know who David Banner is in this room? All right, praise the Lord. So we all know who the Incredible Hulk is, right? Okay, let's go ahead and just, I want to show you this. This is, uh, a min- and I'm going to explain something to you, but this kind of reminds me of our Christian life. Watch closely. Dr. David Banner, physician, scientist, searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation alters his body chemistry. And now when David Banner grows angry or outraged, a startling metamorphosis occurs. is driven by rage and pursued by an investigative reporter. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The creature is wanted for a murder he didn't commit. David Banner is believed to be dead. And he must let the world think that he is dead until he can find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within him. That was scary. You know, the sins of our life, the pride of life, idolatry, secret sins are also scary. You see, for many of us, we're much like the hawk. We're much like him where, if you'll see in there, it says that every time he became angry, every time things and emotions started to well up and swell up within him, and he lost who he truly was. David Banner was a guy who wandered. I think back when I was a little dude, yes, this comes from the 70s, that I wanted to be the Hulk, not really understanding. And I I was going through some of this stuff thinking, okay, I want to see the opening part And I was actually somewhat disturbed because I thought, wow, 
it talks about the evil. And there was that, the private investigator who was always after him. Do you know the Holy Spirit's after you to purify you, to change your life? Do you know Jesus knows you? He's after you to change your life. And all you've got to do is confess the sins before Christ and lay them at the cross and say, I surrender all to you. Don't let the monster inside take over and manifest on the outward appearance of your life. And then self-righteousness. We are good in our own eyes. Keep us from Christ. Here's the thing. I'm good. I'm really good. Let's look at Jesus. It's a personal call. And Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and he calls him by name. He's out there on a limb. The most unpopular man and the most hated man in town and the most sinful man in town. Here, this man called by the great prophet Jesus, and Jesus says, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, can you imagine the greatest sinner in town is being called out by name? Can you relate? The Bible says that Jesus is the good shepherd, and he calls his sheep by name, and he leads them. In Genesis, God came in the Garden of Eden and called Adam by name. Adam! Where are you? He then called Abraham. He then cried out and called Jacob. He called Moses. He called Joshua. He called Gideon, Simeon, Samuel, David, Solomon. He called them all by name. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. He called them all by name. And when the Lord Jesus Christ came, he went down by the seashore. And he called his disciples by name. Simon Peter, Andrew, James, John. And from the receipt of customs, he calls out Matthew, come and follow me. On the Damascus road, he said, Saul, 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 why do you persecute me? He had an encounter with this man. And on the island of Patmos, he called out to John. And this morning as we close, Jesus calls you by name. He knows your name. And he says, come and receive me. Come into my heart and into my life. See, he called Zacchaeus by name. Hurry, make haste. Don't waste any more time. Come on down. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Why? Because it said, and Jesus came to seek and to save those which are lost. Zacchaeus just didn't slide down the tree. He jumped. I love what the great evangelist D.L. Moody said. He said that Zacchaeus was converted from the limb to the ground. And I was inspired to say that actually he came from the limb to life. I believe that that is true because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father but by me. Are you lost today? Are you lost? The great sinner came to Jesus and accepted him. Back at his house and they fellowshiped. And as Jesus changed your life, will you give him your life like Matthew did? Like Zacchaeus did. 
Would you declare openly to the world Jesus Christ? We are in the world, but we're not of the world. So Zacchaeus' results came from acting out by faith. In our natural way, we can't reason our way to Christ by faith. He joyfully, he joyfully went to Christ. Church, listen to me. Christ receives sinners. Christ receives sinners. Isn't that a great thought? We're not going to heaven by good works. We're going to heaven because of the grace of God. A sinner saved by grace. I am forgiven. Are you ready? Are you sure? Nothing satisfies like the life in Christ as your Lord and Savior. He knows that you're a sinner and openly confessed that before everyone. Let me show you here what he did. Jesus died publicly for you, but will you receive him publicly today? He looked at Zacchaeus, and this is what moved me really within this message. As as he was calling out everybody in the scriptures by name, I was motivated and moved because I thought, oh my goodness, you know my name. And God knows your name. Travis, Debbie, Lisa, Eric, Joe, Jerry, Ron, Diane, Christy, Becky. He knows your name. You're valuable to him. Last evening, we were having dinner, Jim and Cindy, and I actually came over with the spirit. I almost started just weeping at the table because this is what I said to them, and this is truly what I mean, and I guess because I'm kind of like the dude up in the sycamore tree. It's hard for me to imagine that at 15 years of age, I was called to preach, But I remember that time in Indiana where God called me to surrender. And it was right then that I surrendered to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was right then that I knew who I was, just a sinner saved by grace. And I was in that pew, white-knuckling it, not wanting to move feeling intimidated by everybody that was around me because of the pride of life and because of all the other things that I was going through. What are people going to think when I get back to school? I will be rejected. But the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, in His mercy, singled me out in that crowd and said, I need you. And that's what He did to Zacchaeus. So I'm going to ask you, church, today, Do you know Jesus is Lord and Savior? No, I don't give a salvation message every week, but the altar's open. Will you come to Him? Maybe you have some type of hurt that has kept you lost from having that deeper relationship with Jesus. It's no different than me surrendering from the pew to the altar. And I remember when I laid it down, I said, God, here I am. So today, can I ask you, when was the last time you asked Jesus into your heart? and into your life? Have you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior? 
Do you know him as Lord and Savior? For he said, listen, you don't have time for tomorrow. You don't have time for tomorrow. For Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And the scripture says, today. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe you're in this room and you've been struggling deeply with a deep, 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 deep sin. Will you come to him? Listen, we can come and have church, but we need to come and be alive in Christ. We need to run out of this building feeling a sense of transformation because we conformed to the image of Christ. So today, I don't always do this, but even for those that are listening, I know that I just feel like the Lord wants me to say this. Maybe you're going through some hardship through death. Maybe you've been holding on to some anger and some animosity. I want you to let it go. I, you no longer have to be lost. Jesus knows you. He's the great shepherd. You're his sheep. And he said his desire is to lead you to a greater and better relationship with him. And I'm 50 years old. 51. My whole life has been dedicated to Christ. And I will tell you, it's been the greatest joy. The greatest most awesome experience of my life. And if you've been empty, and maybe there's a void in your life, will you come to Jesus today? Let me show you. He says three things. One, repent. Repent means this. We're going in this direction. But in order to repent, you have to turn away. Do you see what I'm doing? Repentance means to turn from and move forward. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So then it says, that's number one. We have to turn away from the lifestyle we used to have. Run in victory. Hey, listen, I'm the guy who's in the race with you. And I want to see a group of people run in victory. We've seen God do mighty things in this church in 17 years. Amen? And I want to continue to be on this journey. And if you're new here, we want to help you. We want to run alongside of you as you turn away from your past. Will you confess it? Then he says, by faith receive, commit, surrender. You have to surrender your heart. Give your total life to him and to him alone. Have faith in Christ. And then last, will you follow him? It's called disciplined learning. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself. Come together. I love you guys. You look great today. What would I do if I was preaching to an empty room? I couldn't be as energized. Because I know the principle. We have to be together. We have to pour into one another. We have to commit to witnessing, to prayer to attending church, to live a life where Jesus knows our name. Saul, Saul, why have you persecuted me? Church, why have you persecuted him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Father, I thank you for your love and your grace. Father, as we rise to our feet, Father, as we come together as this community of believers. God, I know there's some in this room that have been seeking you, that need to know you as Lord and Savior. May they come. 
May they lay it down at the old-fashioned altar. And may they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Father, we don't want to be friends with the world, for that means we're enemies with you. But Father, may our friendship and our fellowship have a deeper, deeper meaning as we have a relationship with you. Oh God, help us to be like Jesus. Help us to shout it from the mountains, to shout it from our streets, that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. For those that are in the room, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, and if you feel like, I'm, I've been lost, preacher, I need prayer, would you just slip up your hands real quick? Let me pray for you. Amen. 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 All over the room. Amen. Amen. Jesus is here to help you. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's some in this room that maybe for, for some of you that are here, you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And you want to accept Jesus today. Would you slip up your hand? And if you're intimidated, that's all right. You can even do it from your own seat. But come to Jesus. He's come to seek and to save you. Father, we thank you again for those that are here today. God, I pray that you'll speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, I pray that you'll heal us. Help us, deliver us. Help us to be surrendered to live a life of victory in you. And for those that are in this room that may not know you, that are lost and need to be found, Father, I pray that you will speak to them today. Thank you, Jesus, for knowing our name. In your holy name, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.